How's it going, guys? Seth called me on Friday night and asked me if I would be willing to preach. And, of course, I'm not going to turn down preaching opportunities. Some of you know I love it. It's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, So I'm not going to turn it down. But today as we enter the book of Acts, we've been through a lot. And we've only gone through two chapters of the book, okay? And we're going to pick up in, chapters, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And this chapter, we have to keep in mind while we're reading and studying it, is that, is that the gospel did not stop with the 3,000 that became the church in Jerusalem, okay? The gospel did not stop. It did not reach a goal and then come to a halt, and then just plan and work around those people. The gospel kept moving forward the entire time. That is essentially what the book of Acts is about. The book of Acts is about God's plan, God's will, God's gospel message, God's power, moving throughout people, and along the way, stopping and inviting people to join in on His plan. Okay? That's what we see throughout the book of Acts. But first, before we get too far, I'd like to stop and pray. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we come before You. And we just thank You for every single thing You have given us, Lord. We thank You for Your Scripture that You have given to us. That it might guide us throughout life and that we might learn to be more holy as You are holy. That we might learn that There are people out there who need our help. We thank you for the lessons we've learned throughout the book of Acts and that what a healthy church looks like. What it means to be filled with the Spirit, to be baptized with the Spirit. And that we are still commanded to go and reach even the remotest parts of the earth. Lord, I pray that you'd be with me as I bring this message. And I pray that you would just be with all these people, that you'd guide and direct them throughout their daily lives, that you would continue to form them into the likeness of your Son. And that if there's anyone here who has not come into contact with Jesus Christ, if there's anyone here who does not know Christ Jesus as their Savior, that you would just work on their heart, and that your Word would work on their heart. And Lord, I pray this all in Jesus' name. Alright, so, so far in the book of Acts, we've seen in Acts 1.8 that Jesus promises them that the Holy Spirit will come down on them with power, and that they will be His witnesses from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. A lot of stuff ties back into that verse throughout the book of Acts, Okay. The next thing we see is that Jesus ascends into heaven. Alright? He goes to be in the presence of God once again. Then we see in Acts chapter 2, we see Pentecost. We see the Holy Spirit coming down on these people in power. Alright? We see them, the Holy Spirit soaking them in God's power, in God's presence. Alright? Then we see this, and that is an amazing feat, and that is so loud. It's almost like a train. That everybody, everybody from miles away hear it. <clears throat> they say, what is that? 
So they go and they check it out. And they go and, and miraculously they hear the gospel message, the, the, the wonders that God has done in their own native tongue. They hear this and they're, how is this happening? How is this happening? And then Peter stands up to give this message. It's a powerful sermon. It's a very powerful sermon. It's all centered around the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And people say, he's drunk, he's drunk. Don't listen to him, he's a fool. Alright? As Seth said, that's so stupid. I can't do the whole... (laughs) I just can't do it. But Seth did it very well. That is just stupid. He was not drunk. Okay? It was early in the morning. So Peter preaches this powerful message. Alright? And at the end of it, we see that people are pierced to their inner being. Their heart is pierced with conviction. Okay? And about at that time, about 3,000 were saved. Okay? Thanks, John. About 3,000 were saved, okay? And this is the beginning of a new era, okay? This is the beginning of the early church, all right? That's a big church, 3,000 people, all right? What do you do with them? They couldn't meet in one area. No, they spread out, they disperse, okay? And this is really where the book of Acts begins, okay? Luke's gospel, all roads lead to Jerusalem, okay? Everything in that book, it's about Jesus getting to Jerusalem so that he can get on that cross. From the book of Acts, the second half of Luke's writing, it's all about going away from Jerusalem, okay? It's about spreading out. It's about the gospel moving from this center point and reaching lives, all right? And we see that. And then the next thing we see is that these people devote themselves daily to prayer, to the remembrance, through the breaking of bread, the drinking of Jesus' blood. We see that they, they commit themselves to fellowship, okay? And then finally after that, we come to this passage that we're going to talk about today. And the whole reason this passage, that I wanted to do this on short notice, because... It made sense to me. Seth calls me sick. I've been sick throughout the week. But the gospel has to move forward. Okay? The gospel has to keep going. And it will with or without you or me. Okay? Now this is the beginning of the Jerusalem church. And the gospel does not stop. We have to get that in our heads. Okay? And our passage is going to be Acts 3, 1 through 10. If you want to turn with me there, before we read it, I'm going to introduce it a little bit. Um, We all have problems, right? I know some of you may be perfect, but uh, we all have problems. Just like people in the first century had problems, okay? We all have problems, right? If there's anybody who does not have a problem, please raise your hand. I would love to see it. Okay, I'd love to meet you, alright? But this man we're about to read about, he has a problem because he has a tough life, 
It's a rough life. It, it would be hard to get over his kind of life, okay? It's about a man who was born lame, okay? He was born lame, and that is a big problem. He can't get over it, but he doesn't expect to. He's not expected to be able just to look past that, okay? So the problem is this man can't get past his own circumstances, <clears throat> To look past it and realize what he really truly needs. Right? And our goal by the end of this message is to be able to look at our own lives and to get past the circumstances in our own lives, to get past the troubles, the pains, and to get past that and figure out how to live a life that glorifies God. So I'll go ahead and read the passage. Acts 3, 1 through 10. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour. The hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms or gifts or charity of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John, he received he <clears throat> when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began to ask to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver or gold. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And then seizing him by his right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood up. He stood upright, and he began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It's a, it's a pretty powerful passage. We see a lot of this in the Gospels. Okay, We see, we see a lot of Jesus healing people, right? But was, was this Jesus that healed them? Yes, it was. He was working his power through these two men, Peter and John. Okay? A lot of people, when they preach this passage, they spend a lot of time. Is healing relevant to today? Relevant to today? Okay? I'm not going to do that because I don't think that's what the passage is about. All right? I think the passage is about God's power working in the life of this man and changing his life. So we're not going to talk about the relevancy of healing today, all right? We can notice from this chapter, from this verse, verses, that this is not the first time that this lame man has been to the gate, all right? He's been there multiple times, most likely for years and years and years. He's been dependent on other people to bring him there so that he can beg for food and money, okay? He's been dependent upon them to do that. It's likely or it's possible that he could have even saw Christ there. 
okay? And it's, it's evident that Peter and John have, are still attending the temple prayers and stuff like that. So he's seen John before. But it is possible that he's seen, he saw Christ when he was doing his earthly ministry. And it's even possible that he could have seen Christ heal somebody else. Okay? I don't know that for a fact, but it's possible. Okay? And we can also see from this passage that this man has, has blatantly just given over to this life. Okay? If he's been doing this for years and years, he's just accepted the fact that he's a, a lame from birth. Okay? He's a lame man from birth, and he's accepted that, and that's what the rest of his life is going to look like. Okay? Well, if he did see Christ, possibly heal somebody else, if he even saw Jesus, and he has a faint idea of who he is, <clears throat> then that means he pushed him off to the side. All right? That he didn't take in his teachings, or maybe he didn't hear him, I don't know. But this man has had this infirmity his entire life. I want us to think and dwell on that for a second. A lot of times we'll read these things, we'll read the Gospels, and we'll see these miraculous healings. And we don't realize how much of an effect that had on that person's life. Okay? Think about this. You are lame from birth. I can't imagine if my little daughter was like that. That would be so hard. Lame from birth. He can't walk. He's dependent on people to dress him. He's dependent upon people to feed him. Not necessarily all the time, but to bring him the food. He's not, he's not transient. He can't move all that well. Okay? He depended on others to take him to the temple to get him food. He had to depend on people to, to bathe him. He couldn't move to go. Or if he couldn't bathe, or if he couldn't shower, or if he couldn't change clothes, that means he would just wear the same clothes. He would just stink. He would have the stench about him, which means people would walk by him and, and look down on him or avoid him or put him in the same category as dogs. Okay? If you get healed from something like that, you've had your entire life, that's a big change, okay? That has an effect, right? He couldn't, he couldn't walk out behind the rock to go to the bathroom, okay? He was dependent upon people to take him. We whine and we cry about paper cuts sometimes. I'm guilty of it. Okay? I've never cried over a paper cut. But, but we, we do. This man, we can't even fathom how that, how that lifestyle would make us think. Okay? How that would have an effect on us and our attitudes. The problem this man has is he gave up on his life because he was only looking at his life because he was only looking at his life, all right? When we focus on us, me, and I, we're obviously not going to progress very much, okay? Now, we're not going to pull any application out of this man's life yet, but just really, really think about how intense that lifestyle would be, 
being crippled, being lame from birth, okay? It appears as though this man has given up on the idea that there was anything better for him than this life he had right now, okay? What happens when Jesus comes into your life? I'm not here preaching the prosperity gospel, okay? I would try to knock those guys flat on their butt if they walked in this building. All right, I'm not here preaching the prosperity gospel. But when Jesus Christ comes into our life, something changes. When we come into contact with the power of God, something changes. All right? And that's what is going to happen to this man. All right? This is where we see the gospel need in this man. We see a gospel need in this man. He needs to come into contact with God's power, with God's gospel. All right? Through this passage, we're going to see the gospel need, we're going to see the gospel gift, and we're going to see the gospel result. All right? We've already met with the need. This man needs it. He needs, he needs Jesus Christ to change his life. He needs God's power to enter into his realm and to come in and fix him. All right? Because that's what the gospel does. It restores us. Right? It fixes us. The next thing we see in the passage is that Peter had to teach him things. All right? In the passage we see Peter says, I do not have, what? Gold or silver. I do not have these mere earthly things, these necessities you think you need. I do not have these things that will only let you survive in life to help you maintain in your bitterness and help you maintain in your anger because, you're, because of your lifestyle, because of how you are. Okay? What I do have for you is, is get up and walk in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Okay? How much better is that? All right? That Jesus could change his life in such a dramatic way. How much better is getting up and walking than a piece of silver and a piece of gold which you can lose, which you can misplace, all right? Jesus is worth so much more than gold and silver. As I, as I just said, you can misplace gold and silver. But Jesus Christ can never lose you. You are always His. We are not dependent on Him. We are dependent upon Him. That was almost bad. Okay? He is not dependent upon us. Okay? But we are dependent upon His power. Alright? Upon His presence. And we need Him. We don't need gold and silver and possessions and things like this. It's not bad to have that stuff. Okay? <clears throat> All right. This man needs fixing, okay? He needs fixing. Jesus is perfect. When he comes into contact with him, he fixes him, all right? He does it in a dramatic way, all right? No one looks for what they don't really think can happen, all right? No one looks for what they don't really think can happen. 
Do you think this man, after his entire life, lived like this, really thought he could be healed? Do you think there was something that played over in his head over and over and over? I wish somebody would just come and fix my leg, fix my feet. I don't think he believed it could really happen. I think that's why he was stuck so much in this daily grind, in this daily routine. He's been doing this for years, most likely, okay? You don't look for things that you don't think can really happen. We settle for whatever we think can most easily satisfy that need or replace that need, all right? We, sat, we settle for things that can meet that necessity in our life. All right? We still do that. All right? We still do that. Just like this man was, was expecting gold and silver. But what did he receive? Something so much better. All right? Something so much better. He received the ability to walk. In the second half of this chapter, it says he had perfect health. And this came through the power of God working through this man's faith. Alright? He had perfect health. And this was not of his own doing. This was not of any of these men's doing. It was not Peter and Paul. It was not Peter and John. It was the Lord working through Peter and John to do this. When this man realizes that he could be fixed, when he realized that he could be fixed, I, don't, I really don't think he thought that he could. But he, he was soon to realize that the God who created him is capable of fixing him. And oftentimes in our Christian lives today, we need to see ourselves fixed still. Okay? We still have problems. We still have issues. We need to be fixed. And our Creator can do that. Jesus Christ can do that. He can fix our broken hearts. He, he can fix your body if He chooses. We cannot do it on command. But the issues, the problems in our lives can be fixed. All right? Not of our own doing, but from God and His power. Through sanctification, okay? The next thing we see is God's power or God's gospel results, and it results in changed lives. Where do we see that throughout this scripture? We see that this man got up and walked. This is where we need to focus now. We focused earlier on his life and how, how that would be a tough life. Living your entire life crippled, dependent upon other people, having to wait till they get there to help you, not being able to bathe yourself. But now he can get up and walk. I bet he had a smile on his face. I have a feeling he had a huge smile on his face and tears running down his face. 
That is a dramatic, amazing experience. Something like this occurs in all of us. It may not be this intense or this dramatic, but when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, something like this does happen. A change occurs. It does not have to be like this, this miraculous, but something does have to change. Okay? And it still has to keep changing. We have to look into our own lives and see, do I see growth? Do I see God fixing me? Do I see God working inside of me to bring me more into the likeness of His Son? Do I? Something hard we have to do. We have to evaluate ourselves through the lens of Scripture. Okay? Do we see God working in ourselves? Do we see God working in our friends, in the lives of our buddies and our girlfriends? It needs to be there. That's what God does. That's what the gospel results in. Changed lives for a long time. You don't get saved and never grow. God works in you so that He can work in you more. Okay? Second thing we see is that He praised God. He stood upright and He leaped with joy. And then He was walking with them, praising God. And all these people from outside looking in said, Wow, what happened to this man? Because they knew Him. They knew that He was the man that came to the temple gate to beg for food, to get money, to get gold and silver. They knew Him as that man. And they looked inside this little bubble that they have. Or, not a real bubble, but this bubble of this man's life where Peter and John were working. They looked in and they saw He is healed. He is fixed. He is restored. How? They were amazed. They were in awe of this. We see this all the time in the book of Acts. That is the major theme throughout the book of Acts. God does something, and you respond to it. Other people see it. God is glorified. Right? God is glorified out of these. We see this over and over and over. Where else do we see this previously? Whenever it says they were devoting themselves to prayer and they were with favor of all the people. Same thing, okay? They were looking in and they were saying, what's going on? And they were with favor with all the people. After... At Pentecost, after they start speaking their native tongues, everybody was in awe and amazement. So this is a major theme in the book of Acts, that God does something, it works out, and God is glorified. And we see this all over the place. Essentially, we see this. We see this church in Jerusalem resulted in the worshiping of Jesus. Okay? It resulted in the worship of God. The work of God in our and the work of God in our lives is for one purpose, essentially. So that we 
can worship God the way we were intended to do so. To worship God the way we were intended to do so. God restored this man that he might worship him and give him all the glory that is due to our Heavenly Father. And that is why he did it. John chapter 9. Jesus heals a blind man that's been blind from birth. And somebody says, who sinned, his father or him? And Jesus says, this man was born to do the work of God that he might glorify God. Essentially, that's what he says. <clears throat> Why? I, don't, I can't answer. I can't answer this. Why was this man sick? I cannot answer that. Okay? But we know that he had <clears throat> this infirmment since birth. He was crippled since birth. And we know that God was glorified from it. Okay? That's why God fixes things. That's why God does what he does. It's for his own glory. So that he might get the glory. <clears throat> and yes, God does love us very, very much. And so this man, I'm sure he felt the love of God like no other. When he got up and started walking, I'm sure he felt the love of God like no other. I can't imagine how that would feel. It would be amazing. We see this. Jesus saves these two men, Peter and John. Jesus sent these two men out, Peter and John. These two men witness. This is Peter and John. They witness to this lame man. We see the healed man worship. We see that the crowd was wild. Okay? This is the theme of Acts. This is what we see. You know, much like Peter and John, we all have a story we can... We, we, all, we all have some sort of story, like the lame man, I apologize. Much like this lame man, we all have a story we will eventually be able to tell. We'll be able to say, that, look at what God has done for me. Look how God has fixed my life. Look how God is continually working in my life. To bring me to this point. Look at what God has done. Tell people about it. It's not that hard. I know it's difficult sometimes. But tell people about it. When you look at this, do you see yourself as the lame man? Or do you see yourself as the two apostles? Do you see yourself as the one being used of God, reaching out to others? Or are you here today and you need God to work in you first? Does God first need to work in you in order to work through you? Look at these three people. Look at Peter and John. Look at the lame man. Do you need to come into contact with God's power through the message of the gospel in order to have a relationship with Him? In order that you might have a changed life? Or are you somebody who who needs to start doing what God is calling you to do and telling their stories 
and going out and saying, listen, I don't have money for you, but I can tell you about this guy who's worth way more than money. Which one are you? We all need to evaluate ourselves and see growth. And we hold these apostles sometimes up to a very high standard. They were great men of God. And I beg to say that a lot of times they're not much different than us. But we have these examples in Scripture of the amazing things they did, and we need to follow in their footsteps. Now we get to the application of our message. The way faith community can learn a lot from the early church in Jerusalem. We really, really can. To explain experience true gospel change in our life, we must first recognize that Christ is better and worth more than gold and silver. Okay? If you are doing the same thing, routine, 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 it's getting monotonous. You just go to work every day. You go to work. I was guilty of this. I should have done this message about two months ago when I was still a swim coach. All right? I think that's about the 80th time I've said all right. I know you guys know. You're just being nice. But if you're doing the same thing over and over and over, you need to recognize that Christ is worth more than any of this. Just like Peter and John said, listen, if you really want to see change in your life, I've got something way better than this. It'll change your life. It'll get you out of this rut. It'll get you out of this routine of coming to the temple every day and and begging. And I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel. But Jesus Christ will change your life when you come into contact with Him. I promise you that. I would stake my life on it. The things in this world help you, help to help you to continue in that routine. And I'm not saying it's bad, not always bad, but when you can't get your eyes off of that stuff, when you're expecting to receive that stuff, when you're expecting to receive gold and silver, and you're not expecting something from God, and not expecting Jesus Christ to change your life, you're going to stay in that rut. You're going to stay in that routine. You're going to stay hating your job, all right? But you can change through Jesus Christ and recognizing that He is more, that He is better than everything else. We must do that in our daily lives. The second thing that we can apply to our lives is this. We may not all be crippled. We may not all be lame from birth physically. But we are all lame at birth spiritually. We are all born spiritually dead and destined for hell. We are. This is what the Bible teaches. But the amazing thing is the gospel fixes things. That Jesus Christ comes into our lives and changes us. That He comes into our life and He says, 
I was broken for you. Now you don't have to be fixed. You don't have to be broken any longer. I can fix you. This is the truth of the gospel message. That God comes into your life and fixes you and changes you and you glorify Him. That is the truth of the gospel message and that is why we were created. To glorify God. And that is why we are saved, essentially. To glorify God. So we're all born spiritually dead. But the gospel comes in and restores the second, the third thing that we need to think about is that if we want to get out of this routine, just like this man had, this rut, this daily grind, we need to worship God. Make it a habit. Don't become legalistic with it, but make it a habit. Worship God. Choose to do so. Just like this man got up, he stood upright and he praised God, he worshiped God, and everybody saw. This is what this church needs to do. We need to praise God so much. The people from the outside look in and they say, what in the world is going on there? They need to look in and say, I've got to try that what we must do. This is what I challenge you to do throughout this next week. Recognize that Jesus Christ is more and that He is better than anything this life offers. And that He is worth more than gold and silver. Do not expect the normal things. Choose Jesus Christ and recognize that He is better than all this stuff. The second thing is that we are all born spiritually dead. Recognize and worship God for how much He has done for you. For what He continues to do in you. And what what eternally is going to happen to you. And that is going going to be in the presence of God. That He saved us from hell. Worship God for that. If you want to get out of the daily grind, worship God. Make a habit of it. Choose to do it. It'll change your life. And that is our message, and this is what we have to do throughout the week. We have to remember these points. Worship God. Recognize Him as better and more. And I challenge you to do that throughout this week. Please try. It'll, it'll get you out of this daily grind, this rut. It, Get your eyes off of your life. Put your eyes on the life of Christ. That's what you have to do. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you. We thank you for the fact that you fix us. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for what you have done in my life. And I praise you and thank you for what you continue to do in all the lives of these individuals here. I pray that we would go out today and we would worship you in all we do and that you would continue to mold us more into the likeness of your Son. Just make us worship you, God. And I just pray that we would seek to see your power in our life rather than these ordinary things such as gold and silver, and we would accept accept nothing else. 
Father, be with us as we leave today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct us. Be with everyone's health. Pray that everyone keep healthy. Have your hand over everyone physically. And I just pray that you would continue to change lives and to work in people and fix people here in Springfield. I pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.